Welcome to the Two Band Guys, Season 2, featuring Joel and Steven coming to you cross-country from Norman, Oklahoma and Elverson, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Two Band Guys, featuring Joel and Steven. Uh, Joel, how's it going? Good. All right, you ready to talk some brass? Yeah. Speaking of brass, do you know that? Have you seen that group on Facebook, Brass Against? What is it called? Brass Against. Is it just called Brass Against? I've not heard of that. Have you not heard of these guys? Oh, my gosh. They are, like, my favoritest thing in the world. So it's like like a brass ensemble with, like, uh, you know, guitars and drums and stuff. And they play, like, hard... Like guerrilla, you know, kind of rock and roll, like um, Rage Against the Machine and Tool and all that kind of stuff. Have you never heard these okay. guys? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, you gotta look <coughs> them up. It's like, let's see if this will come through the system here. I might have to edit this. You hear that? I don't. Okay, I'll edit that out. Okay. Anyways, so brass against is it's a super <coughs> cool. Look them up on Facebook if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but I was just kind of thinking as I I've been working with um, you know I have pullout lessons with all my kids, and I found a lot of things that I'm having to fix, and so it's really gotten me thinking about some brass pedagogy stuff and you know some best practices and kind of seeing what how the kids up here have been taught and their basics. Um, right. You know, is it different than what you've experienced? In Oklahoma? Um, I, the kids who are doing it correctly, no. There's just a lot of things that need fixing for, you know, a big a big chunk of kids. Um, is it, like, specific things with each kid, or is it, like, kids don't form an embouchure the right way? Kids don't yeah, it's use a, lot a of steady em- stream of air? It's know? a lot of embouchure stuff, um, which, man, it's, it's stuff you can't change overnight. Uh, no, absolutely you know, not. I can tell the kids, hey, this is what you need to work on. But, you know, if they're not working on it, then, you know, never going to change. It's not going to change. But um, so I thought, you know, if we started from square one, um, for instance, you know, let's just talk about starting uh, a trumpet player. What, you know, what would you do uh, when, when talking about we're not let's not we're not going to talk about like how to take the instrument out of the case and stuff. But producing sure. a first sound on a trumpet, what would you w- walk us through? Kind of what are your thoughts? Um, well, I think when I when I am trying out a kid, a beginner, you know, testing out instrument testing day, and they're you know I pull them out and I usually just give them the whole instrument, uh, mouthpiece and all, and you know I'm lucky if I get thirty seconds to a minute with every kid, right? On each on each instrument, you know, so it's a it's a pretty quick process. Uh, but I think with all brass playing is, you know, the, I think the fundamental way to do it is the same. Um, you know, the mouthpieces are different sizes, but really it's generally the same instrument, just bigger or smaller. Um, you know, with a trumpet player, if I can get them to, if I can have them set their embouchure the right way. Um, so how do you get them? What do you do to get them to set an embouchure? How do you want it? Tell them to say the letter M. Uh-huh. So their lips are just naturally sealed 
their lips are not facing any weird way. They're not pooched. They're not like pulling their lips super. They're not pulling them back and tight right. or anything. Um, tell them to say the letter M. I tell them they've got to keep the corners of their mouth in place. They can't let them move. Uh, and then you just breathe in through your nose and blow air through the instrument. And I think more often than not, a sound that sounds like an instrument comes out. You know, it may not be in tune. It may not be a real pitch, but the act of them, of their lips vibrating because the air is moving through them is happening. Um, And then, you know, based on whatever it sounds like, we can go about, you know, maybe, maybe that was just a fluke. Let's try that again. Or maybe you couldn't get anything to come out because you put your whole tongue in the way. You know, or you didn't actually take a breath and blow any air out of your face. <laughs> you know, you right. just exhaled through the instrument and that's not how it works. Um, so, you know, that's, I think that's the basic thing. Um, and then the next thing would be talking about using a steady stream of air. Um, show them what that looks like with no instrument in front of their face. Um, and I, I talk a lot with all the beginners about what their embouchure looks like, you know, and compare a bad one and a good one, you know, and I'll demonstrate both ways. And, um, I think relaying the message to them that you have to do it the right way. You know, you can, you can do it the wrong way and sometimes you can still get the right thing to come out. Right. Um, and that's from the very beginning, I want to, uh, expel that as quickly as possible make them understand that yes it sounds it might sound the right way but it you're not doing it the right way and that you know that doesn't count you have to you have to physically do it the right way and then we'll worry about the sound but i want the fundamental to be there yeah i was thinking about this because i had a saxophone player come in during one of these flex times where kids can kind of do whatever and say hey teach me trumpet and i was like okay and I think what I've worked, what I've done starting brass instruments um, is I, I still start with just the mouthpiece. Um, and I, what I, I used to do the letter M thing, but I would get kids that would just put their lips too tight or they'd roll their lips in like M and... Sure. Uh, and There's all, just, all sorts of variations I just, I, there. Yeah, I, I thought that letter M... I mean, I get it, and that's what I did for a long time. But now I've, mm-hmm. here's what I've done. And I can't remember, of course, I've stolen this from somebody, but I can't remember who I stole this from, um, is I just have the kids blow air through their mouthpiece. And Not all I'm their lips. Right. And all just I'm listening for is like a slight kind of whistle sound. It's not like a mm-hmm. whistle, like a... But you hear this kind of... You hear a slight pitch to it. Um, and all I'm checking for is, it's, is it steady air and are their lips natural? Right, they should be doing nothing right. crazy with the lips, and then I'll have them do that a couple times. I'll evaluate the air. I'll evaluate the you know what their face looks like, and then I will, I will then I, I will show them. Okay, I want you to blow air, and then you know a couple seconds in, I want you to try and make your lips touch together. All right, mm-hmm. and all of us generally, what happens, and I've had good success with this, is when they try to put the center of their lips together, um, because they're already blowing the air, a natural free buzz or free by vibration generally happens right um and then they're like oh you know they usually rip the mouthpiece away oh that feels funny no that's what it's supposed to sound like right um and then we'll do that a couple times and then i'll just have them start that way 
Um, and what I love about that is it gets them, because it's all about that free buzz. You know, you don't <laughs> want them to manufacture that, by, you know, the lips. Yeah, you're not telling kids to buzz their lips together because right. that's literally not how it works. Because I'm still a mouthpiece guy. I love buzzing. I love that. Sure. You know, and I get the lead pipe stuff. Um, uh, you know, that's that's what they preach at, in the trumpet studio at University of Oklahoma. Um, lead pipe, lead pipe, lead pipe. But I'm I'm still probably tendency to do a, a buzz. Um, and I have had good success with that. And that's trumpet, trombone, French horn. Uh, what did I forget? Tuba. Um, <laughs> Baritone, euphonium. Yeah. Uh, and then that's and that's what really, I think that's what really boils down to. Uh, and then, of course, we'll put the instrument on it. And I say, you know, hey, the instrument just, you do exactly what you've been doing. The instrument just right. turns it into that magical sound that we're looking for. Because mm-hmm. um, it's Did all it work a- with that saxophone player? Yeah. Yeah, it did. What, what note did he play? Her first note was a G. Oh, okay. And that's where the letter, and, and I would, if a, if a kid can start on a G, the first sound they make, they are so much set, better set for success. Sure. Um, because I think the fallacy with starting on the low C, and I get it, and it's, I don't know, I just preferred if the kid can get a G, I'd rather get a G and work down. Because yeah, I think when the kids too. just start with the low C's, I'm, I'm, and I'm talking trumpet here, a low B flat on trombone, okay, or whatever. Right. Um, they get comfortable with that note, and unfortunately, it's it's nowhere near kind of a middle ground. Where a more of a concert F is much more of a middle ground to go up or down. Right. Um, but I have good success with that. You know, as long as we spend a lot of time with just the air moving through the mouthpiece, and then just making those lips touch, and then the air just activates that vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it took some time with her because, you know, I think older kids, especially if you're if you're going from another instrument like, you know, a saxophone embouchure, really isn't. There's nothing like anything else, right? Um, you know, I'd say it's probably the most saxophone probably the, is the easiest sound anybody can make an instrument on a uh, sound on. Uh, no offense, saxophone players. I'm not saying they can make a good sound. It's easy to make a good sound, but it's easiest to make a sound <laughs> on a to saxophone. make a sound. Um, and then, so that's really, you know, day one, or for many days, um, right. just working for that free sounding, free buzz, free vibration on the mouthpiece. Um, and then, of course, from there, sirens and, you know, let the kids ex- explore. What do we do with our corners? What do we do with our air? Right. Um, here's another question for you. Um, let's jump five years ahead. You've got a kid trying to work on range. Mm-hmm. What are you telling a kid to work on range? Um, I think it's, it's for me and French horn players, you know, working with older, older private students and working on range, it's all about the airstream and it's on, it's all about not forcing your lips to do something that they're not supposed to do because what, you're I just told kids to shove the mouthpiece into their face. That's how you get high notes, right? Yes, I know. And that's why your brass players are so good. Yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Just to, just to clarify, that was right. a joke. Um, but, you know, getting them to, to forget about what their face is doing and leave it still, because if they're using the air right, their face is going to naturally change. You know, it's going to... What do you mean by using the air? 
I mean, when I am working with a horn player, and we'll start on like C in the staff, third space C, and we're working up mm -hmm. to the C above the staff. Yep. And we're working that top octave on the instrument, which, you know, sure, it's the top octave on the instrument, but really like all French horn music plays in that octave. <laughs> right. You know, it doesn't go above that, but it doesn't really ever go below that in the majority of things that kids play. Right. But getting them to keep the airstream steady, getting them to keep the steady airstream moving and getting faster as the sound gets higher, I think they can a lot of times figure out how to naturally do that because it's the air that's playing the note. You know, the speed of the right. air. So you don't talk is, about corners or anything? Sure, and if they're moving their embouchure around, but more often than not, they're, they're moving, they're manipulating the middle of their face, their aperture, to play those notes higher. You know, and that could be that they're slamming the mouthpiece against their face really hard or they're just reaching <laughs> for the note. And you, when you play in an ensemble, you know, if we're, if we're working on that stuff as a, as a band, it's really difficult to tell if a kid is cheating or not, you know, right? because it's all being covered up. It, it, I think that kind of stuff has to be done individually. Um, and I think a lot of kids end up doing playing higher notes the wrong way because of that. Yeah, I see I'm, I'm a big proponent <clears throat> of direction of air when we're talking about getting higher. Direction of air. Um like I am not shy about telling kids when I want them to, when I play higher, like for instance when I play higher in trombone, <laughs> I'm aiming my air to the bottom of the mouthpiece. Um okay. Instead of blowing through, I'm aiming my air down. And what that does is it firms up the corners a little bit, but it doesn't talk about the tension that needs to happen either. Um, so right. I'm a big proponent of air direction, very similar to like playing a flute, for instance. You know, air mm -hmm. direction, and when you're going higher, you know, it's a different direction than, than all that. But um, yeah, and I just, I preach air direction and continuing to make sure we keep the, the back teeth nice and open. Mm -hmm. um, and just, I think there's different, there's different, people attack, you know, talk about that stuff much differently uh, in a ton of different ways. And, uh, you know, I think the bottom line is how do we avoid tension? Yes. Um, yes. And always, you know, tension is obviously the enemy of a good sound. Um, but that's what I've, had success and you know and sometimes i'll talk and then sometimes like in a one-on-one -on -one session i'll you know watch a kid do let's just say we do a simple lip slur from low concert b flat to concert f to con the concert b flat above sure right? D -ah, those are not the right sounds i don't know why i'm saying that because i do not sing on pitch and i have no perfect pitch <laughs> um <laughs> my daughter's telling me it's dinner time um <laughs> uh but um and i'll watch their face because I do think that, like, and then I'll have the kids watch my face. And you can see a clear change in my face when I'm switching partials. Right. And I think Especially kids, those wide partials. Right. But even, you know, if I go, you know, three or four partials higher, I think, you know, I think sometimes we, we over-preach, you know, keep your face still and no movement, mm -hmm. you know, 
But no, you actually have to do a lot of things with your face and your corners and your and your jaw to change the partials. And so I have to constantly remind my kids it's okay. No, and you know, to go lower we drop the jaw and we you know all sorts of things. But right. it's I think it's good for kids to see. Like, no, watch me play this. Watch all the different things my face is doing when I'm going to different parts of the instrument. Right. I think it's, and yes, I, I mean, I think I talk about those things a lot with younger kids. Uh-huh. Um, but, man, there's just, there's some, I guess I just, I'm just thinking of some older kids that I've tried to say those things to that totally take it the wrong way. And it does the opposite of what I want. It, you know, it, it makes it worse, basically. You know, because I don't, I don't, you know, when you're playing a long line or if you're playing these long slurs, exercises, or, um, you know, a slurred melodic line, I don't ever want to think about, am I changing my embouchure? Am I, am I adjusting enough? Am I moving my lips in the right way? And, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, and because for me, I want it to be all about the smoothness of the sound, and you know maybe that's that's where some nuances between different brass instruments can come into play, right? Um, and, and you know I, specifically with with French horn, just with partials being closer together, it's if you start moving things around up no, higher, you're absolutely you're not right. going to play the right note, right? Yeah, no, you know you're absolutely right. Of you know you know the partials being so much closer on French horn, just across the board. Right. Um, I'll often, you know, I still, I use the TE tuner, the tonal energy tuner religiously. Yeah. Um, me too. Have you ever, have you ever recorded, used the video recording function? I've not. Well, it's pretty cool. It overlays the tuner on top of the video. Um, but I'll always okay. record kids and say, what's your face, watch your, watch, what's your face doing? Um, because I think, I, I don't know, I, I, I tend to think kids are not aware enough of what their face is doing you know mm -hmm. if i just for, if i put my lips kind of like this and i push this note down i'm gonna get somewhere in that right note right uh, the one thing i've noticed is a lot of my kids you know i put the finger down and i blow my air and i get the note but i might be 20 cents sharp in that note because i'm on the complete top side of the note or i'm super flat and i'm not forming enough of an embouchure and i'm totally in the right. bottom flat side of the note and the mm -hmm. kids aren't aware of those nuances at all of what does it mean to play in the center of the note. Right. Um, and I've, been, and I, I've had to preach a ton of, guys, every single note has its own nuanced form of an embouchure. It's not just like, you know, I'm sure. going to play these five notes and I can just kind of form my embouchure here. Yes, you're going to get the right notes, but you're never going to play in tune and there's no sense of forming a consistent embouchure. Right. Um, I think that's the biggest thing I'm I'm working with right now is just kids are just okay with, well, I'm playing the right note. I said, yes, but you have no chance in Hades of playing ever playing this in tune. <laughs> right. Um, and just getting kids to understand the nuances of you have to be, you have to think so much more specifically about what you're doing. Um, and you have to, you have to think deeper than just playing the right note. Right. Um, that's just, I'm just and dealing I, with a lot of that right now. Right. I, the TE tuner, Tonal Energy, has a, there's another feature that I've not used like I should, 
I, I messed around with it once or twice on my own, but not, never used it with a student. The analysis. Oh, I use that all the time. Down at the bottom, and you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the it's showing the waves, the sound waves. But if you're keeping those steady, that really shows that the quality of air you're using is steady to keep the note still. Well, you the know, cold, so you, the I cold think you of can the see air and the stillness of an, of the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I use plus, that tool. Plus the pitch. Yes. I use that tool. I use that for the, like the last week I've been doing that. Um, when my lesson kids don't show up, I just practice. Um, and yeah. I use that analysis tool. It's an awesome tool for articulation and style. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're it's not very gonna, visual. We're not, we don't need to get it. That's, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. That's another episode. Um, no, and that's a great visualization of, you know, essentially what we still want is if you, you know, drew a note on the board, it's a perfect rectangle. Mm-hmm. Well, the release shouldn't be, a, you know, in general, you want a, a rectangle. Um, right. You want that clear start, that vertical line. You want that, that solid, straight body. And then, you know, I think you could argue that you wanted more of a tapered release probably. But, you know, your, your general kids, you just want them to say, hey, we want a clear release. Um, right. That's why, you know, I think a more advanced kid, you talk, you know, you adjust that, that release of, yeah, and I, that's but definitely depends on the. But in general, in general, we we want that that perfect rectangle body of sound, and that 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 analysis tool on tonal energy absolutely can show that. And I think that's a great tool. Mm-hmm. And then it's a you know a really you know good tool. Sometimes I'll just have kids air start notes, and watch the pitch on that analysis tool. It shows you the pitch of the note within the within the the frequency or the 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 wavelength. Right. Um, and where are you starting your note without an articulation? Um, I think it's, it's a pretty uh, telling exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, because the articulation is really a pretty... F- articulating is pretty forgiving. Um, yeah. And, and when you take the articulation away, it really illustrates what our embouchure is doing. Um, now, I'm not ever advocating that kids air start notes except on very special occasions. Um, specific exercises and things. Right. You know, but, but I, it, again, it, it just, it's another way of exposing some things, some dirt to clean. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's like in band. Oh, great. All my first players are out because some AP tests and all the smart kids are my first year kids. And all of a sudden I'm all stuck with second and third parts. Oh my right. gosh. I hear so much more than I've ever heard. <laughs> my band is terrible. Cause it all gets covered up. Cause they don't. Right. Do their fundamentals the right way. Which, at times, it's like, okay, good. Then at least I know what to work on. But it's also a right. pretty uh, sobering experience. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, I just, I just, I've been, I've just been spending a lot of time with kids working on, you know, I think that's the, 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 the kind of cool part about my new job is I get to do all these pull-out lessons. And I can, mm-hmm. but I see kids probably every two weeks, two and a half weeks. And some kids are really taking taking it on and, and is this like the 15 minute lesson thing no, or is this a 30 minute it's like a 42 minute lesson wow um and they grew and the kids are in groups of on average size of like three to five kids okay um, uh and so i've gotten to do that now if they don't come to that lesson they have to come to a makeup lesson and then that's just kind of a grab bag of whoever comes to make up their lessons yeah. um but, and but I've, still i've pretty much got them grouped by what I perceived as their ability levels. Um, mm-hmm. So we just had our, they, they, they've never done mid-year chair tests. So we just did our first chair test. Um, 
And so those groups will be adjusted based on kind of how I've how, how these chair tests have, have come right. out. Well, that's but, cool. Yeah. But I've just been thinking a lot about uh, just you know, brass pedagogy um, in terms of centering notes and... Uh, you know, I but I've I I can't tell you how many kids I've taken back to the mouthpiece and said, let's just work on starting that first sound again. Oh yeah. Um, of and I, I th- and, think and, that's super important. And I do that with the blow air through the mouthpiece. Keep a very relaxed face. Okay, now bring your lips together. You feel that really free vibration, and then I like it. Oh, yeah. I don't. Ha- I, that, that's way easier. Okay. Yeah. Now, please change the last five years of your playing to move turbos <laughs> like this. That is obviously doing it the wrong way. That obviously <laughs> is the next challenge. But you know, right. the first step is awareness and bringing awareness to the kids of. Yeah, this is how, this is mm-hmm. how I, this is how it really should be done. Um, and I think that's a symptom of where I I am now. Of some kids starting fourth grade, like beginners are starting, but they only have a lesson like every week, maybe every two weeks. As beginners, it's like, what's the point? And they're only thirty-minute lessons, and it's you just—that's not a good way to start. You need consistency. No, that is a bad way to start. Um, and and then <clears throat> some other than another half of kids start in fifth grade with more consistent, but then you've got two different levels of starters. It's just a—it's just—it's an interesting mm-hmm. way. And we're we're looking at making. We've had a, we've had a district-wide music meeting where we're kind of looking at restructuring things. Um. And, and talking with the district about maybe trying to hire a new teacher. Um, mm-hmm. But that's all down the pipeline. But, again, we're just trying to, you know, I think if I'm bringing anything to the table of let's make sure we can standardize this, guys. Yeah. Um, let's, you know, let's try and get all of our kids to start at the same time so that yep. we can get the consistent same the Consistent things, yeah. Because, um, man, that is that is so – I don't care what grade you start, honestly. It's a cons- if you have a good teacher, if it's, it's consistent, consistent. And the, yeah, um, you know, I started in seventh grade and I did just fine. More just north of Norman, where you are, starts in seventh mm-hmm. grade. And you know, they don't do you know, their kids in ninth grade are maybe a little bit behind, but by the time they're juniors and sophomores and seniors, they're just as good as anyone that started in sixth yeah. grade. Um, I know in the northeast, a lot of you know, a lot of folks start in fourth grade, um, or fifth grade. Um, Kansas I, and Missouri, a lot of Midwestern schools will start in fifth grade. Yeah. So it's just it's just kind of, I guess, based on the area you live in, right. the way but, schools are structured, you know, teachers but, available. But but again, can you find the most highly qualified person to teach that instrument consistently? Right. Um, and smaller <clears throat> districts, that's us. That's a struggle. Um, I'm yes, trying to make is. sure I can get down to the middle school more often to to to, to help with that. Um, mm hmm. But, uh, you know, my, my, this, this semester out of, you know, I've, this is my fifth year teaching. So my ninth semester teaching and th- this, I don't do nearly as much brass stuff now as I have the last four years. Right. Cause you're and, the head honcho. <clears throat> yes. The head I've buried my face in paperwork and <laughs> uh-huh. money and ordering buses and, you know, but that's, a different topic. Yes. Uh, but no, I've every day I teach the beginning woodwinds class now, and I've I've not never taught that before. I've been there to assist with it, but now it's um, it's me alone and the Seth, the guy who I'm working with. He's taking the percussionist away. Right. So are you my, still doing? Per- are you doing beginning per- beginning brass? I'm there f- 
two days, sorry, three days a week for the beginning brass. Okay. So I take out the, I have the trombones, um, and he keeps the trumpets, uh, so we can split up that way, which is really good. Yeah. Um, and I love playing trombone and, um, getting to do the woodwind stuff every day is, um, exciting. I like it more. So are you with seventh grade woodwinds? No, sixth grade, both, both beginning classes. Are you working with more flutes or clarinets? Uh, well, I have both of them there oh, every day because okay. Seth has taken the percussionist. Oh, that's out. right. Yeah, he's got percussion with them. So, but you know, we've got a couple other people that'll come in and um, that can take out the flutes or the clarinets. Um, you know, we can we can do a little bit of splitting up. But um, man, so far I just that teaching that beginning woodwind classes for me so much more enjoyable than teaching the beginning brass. Yeah, because it's something different. Yeah. Maybe our next topic will be... A little beginning woodwind stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, good stuff. And, you know, I just, you know, I think it's, it's important for us to continually think about how we teach these things because uh, there's always another way to teach uh, a kid to start an instrument. Uh, you know, I think we have our kind of our go-to ways, but every kid will, will always... I encounter kids with different situations and different face makeups right. and different you know body types, and you have to have a kind of a, a bunch of tools in your toolbox uh, to. If one way doesn't work, let's try another way. Yeah, and there's a whole school of thought to people starting just on full instruments and not doing mouthpieces. Mm-hmm. There's a whole school of thought to starting on mouthpieces and not doing the instruments yet. Um, yeah, you know, and I don't think either is wrong necessarily. You know, I think we have our preferences. I prefer starting a mouthpiece, but <laughs> maybe um, I'll I'll do my end of the semester research project on that yeah. for my, for my OU class. Yeah. I have to pick a topic and I've not yet. So <laughs> Oh, the time's ticking, dude. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> but, uh, that, that's not a bad, uh, little research idea. No. It's... Differences in beginning brass pedagogy. Yeah. Cause there's, there's different ways, different, different Definitely. approaches. People coming from different, different parts of the country with different, you know, teachers that they've learned from that that's, I assume where they take all their knowledge from. Yep. Um, lots of, lots of different ways of doing things. It'd be interesting to see kind of how that is between different schools. Yeah. And between, depending on what the teacher plays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause I'm sure that has a lot to do with it too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. We'll have a good rest of your week and the craziness coming up. And uh, yeah, you too. Thanks, and we'll keep on banding. That sounds dumb. Uh, no, it doesn't. We band a lot. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, man. But good luck to everybody out there on the yeah. uh, beginning brass players. Yeah, it's, and it's, older brass players. Yeah, if you're middle school, you're kind of getting close to maybe you're starting to look at your first pieces with your middle school, your beginners on the the winter concert or high school marching band is winding down and getting down to concert season so yeah yay Good sit stuff. down band <laughs> all right see you everybody bye see you, dude. bye